Ah, yes. It is another episode of MLB Morning Coffee coming to you from our temporary studios, this time in Idaho Falls, Idaho. My name is Greg Moraz, your host as per usual. As always, make sure that you write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. It helps our metrics tremendously. And please go back and listen to some of our past episodes. I know that you will like the content that you find there. So when we last talked, and I apologize for the scarcity of episodes of the last week and a half, I'm trying to relax my brain a little bit. That's why I decided to go on a road trip. Right after we finished our recording on Friday, news came out that eight members of the Philadelphia Philly staff had tested positive for COVID-19, as had a member of the Toronto Blue Jays, and reports came out that around 40 big leaguers had tested positive for the virus over the span of the past seven days dating back from that Friday. So late yesterday, and we're recording this Tuesday mid-morning, late yesterday it came out that Rob Manfred was going to approve a 60-game force majeure schedule that was under his rights given the March 26th agreement and that Major League Baseball would aim to get players to spring training by July 1st with the hopes of having a 60-game season begin on July 24th. And basically, that is what the players get when they said, tell us when and where. And the players had voted against MLB's latest 60-game proposal, which had expanded playoffs in it and a couple of other things that would have taken away from the players' monetary gains. And so people are starting to get excited because basically by 2 o'clock Pacific time today, there need to be two things that are decided upon before the players union agrees to move forward. Number one is if they are willing to report to spring training by July 1st. And remember, today is June 22nd as we're recording this. That means they got to get their button gear in basically just over a week. And they have to agree to the health and safety protocols that were set out by Major League Baseball, it seems, like a month ago. Now people are saying, well, the players won this because they're going to receive fully prorated salaries. And it does not seem like they're going to end up filing a grievance in all of this. And you're probably wondering, well, Greg, there's going to be a Major League Baseball season per what is going to be put down on paper by Rob Manfred today. Why are you not more excited? Well, I'll tell you why I'm not more excited. Because nothing is set in stone until it's actually set in stone. And given everything that happened on Friday, not just in the baseball world, Friday was maybe one of the worst days for sports during the pandemic. Probably the second worst day behind when Rudy Gobert tested positive and the entire world basically started to shut down. You had... The Tampa Bay Lightning have to close their facility. And the Major League Baseball closures ended up making Florida and Arizona have to close all of their spring training facilities. So spring training is going to happen in all of the home ballparks. But that also doesn't take into account what's going to happen in states like Florida, Arizona, and Texas, where cases are spiking through the roof. And you also have a player on the PGA Tour, Nick Watney, test positive for COVID-19. 
You've got a member of the San Francisco 49ers while working out in Nashville, Tennessee, test positive. And you've had several NFL players start to test positive over the course of the last two weeks. I can't get excited until I actually see players on the field and baseball actually being played. And the reason why I say that is that given everything that's gone on with COVID-19 over the past week and the spikes that we've seen, even if you say spring training is going to start on the 1st and you're going to aim for an opening day on July 24th, you're effectively trying to play, per what I look at it on the calendar, 60 games in 66 days so as to end the regular season by September 27th. You are going to have a lot of travel during a time where it's probably not a great idea to travel by airplane. You are going to have positive tests when this season happens. You could potentially have a multitude of positive tests during this spring training 2.0. It may get worse in the United States in terms of a public health environment than it is right now. So even though you have this plan to play a 60-game regular season with, by the way, no expanded playoffs, you can't necessarily guarantee that it is going to go smoothly from start to finish. Now, the no expanded playoffs thing, I think, is MLB's way of saying we know that the postseason might be at risk, so we can't necessarily pump up the value of the postseason only to not be able to reap in that value if, and I honestly think when, you have an outbreak of COVID-19 in Major League Baseball. It's going to happen. I'm not going to be like a Bob Nightingale and guarantee X, Y, or Z. But I will say that I think you're going to have a COVID-19 outbreak. It seems like the entire sports world is just willing to say, okay, let's plow ahead with this, even though we're going to have positive tests, and even though we may not be able to prevent any outbreaks within our sport or create a contained environment, we're just going to experiment and do this anyway, which might seem a little bit reckless, but the Players Association wants to get back on the field and the owners want to make sure that their reputation isn't harmed moving forward. I think if you had no baseball at all, or at least no promise of baseball this season, then that would have been a big stain on the bedsheet of the baseball PR image that you may not have been able to wipe out. You have for now avoided this doom and gloom scenario that so many people were projecting early last week when Rob Manfred went on ESPN and said he wasn't 100% confident that there will be Major League Baseball this year. And you know what? you still might be able to say that that's true because the virus is in charge here. We are not in charge. If we are too reckless and we are too ignorant of the concerns around us, we could put ourselves at a greater risk to infection and possibly death. 
And there are a lot of people that say, well, we should charge on no matter what because the virus is here to stay. And there are a lot of people that say, well, hold on a sec. This may not be the best idea. Baseball thinks that it's going to be able to get 60 games in. Baseball, effectively on both sides, wants to play this year because the PR image would be too damaging if they didn't. But I think that when you look at the grand scheme of where the virus is in our world, there's no guarantee that baseball gets started on time. And again, the players are expected, apparently, per multiple reports, to approve both of the conditions set out by the owners in this force majeure season. Now, I was surprised that Rob Manfred decided to go to 60 games instead of 50. I think the PR image looks better for 60 than 50 because in the March 26th agreement, they basically said that the owners have to be able to implement as many games as they deem possible. So you've got 60 games in 66 days. That's basically where they felt the line was drawn at as many games as possible. They set this cutoff date at September 27th, and they are going to abide by that. Now, whether or not they actually do get started on July 24th and whether the regular season does end on September 27th, you basically have set a very tight window that you have to abide by. Now, the fact that they did not agree to the expanded playoffs I think is good. I think that you basically were watering down the regular season if you went from 10 to 16 teams, and Major League Baseball wanted expanded playoffs with their 60-game proposal in order to maximize the amount of playoff revenue. They didn't want to share that with the players, so that's one of the reasons why that option was voted out. And in the force majeure of the contract, it did not seem as if Major League Baseball had the authority to implement expanded playoffs per the March 26th agreement. Now, I'm not going to play the audio for you, but John Heyman, who is a Radio.com insider, he does work for MLB Network, he, like Bob Nightingale, has been somebody that has been holding the water of the owners the entire time throughout this process. And he went on 670 The Score earlier today, one of my favorite stations in Chicago that I like to reference on this program, and basically said that Tony Clark was not nearly as good of a negotiator as Rob Manfred because Manfred has a Harvard Law degree and that there was nothing in the March 26th agreement that said that the owners had to give the players prorated salaries. There is a couple of things that John Heyman said that were pretty disturbing to me and one of those things where it's like you've got to be kidding me. So he goes on and he says there were two faults of negotiation. You know, the first being that there wasn't any written stipulation that the owners had to pay the players a fully prorated salary. And that was just a handshake agreement between the owners and the players union. Well, sorry, John Heyman, you're wrong, because number one, it was indeed written into the agreement that both sides signed off on, and the owners realized, well, this wasn't exactly the best deal for us, so we're going to try and weasel out of it. And you have that letter that came 
from Pat Houlihan to the players' union that said that the owners fully agree to prorated salaries. So that part of it was done. So I don't know where John Heyman is interpreting that there was no stipulation that the players were to receive their fully prorated salaries. So that's wrong. And the second part of it in this interview that he did with the Mully and Haw show is that he said that it was confusing that there was no agreement that came out of Rob Manfred and Tony Clark's meeting in Arizona last week and that he said that they had tentatively agreed to an agreement by a handshake. Well, John, I stated this on my program before. I'm going to do it again. You do not have an agreement until it is written on paper in a legally, collectively bargained contract. You cannot take a verbal agreement or a handshake agreement as word of law. It does not work like that. If you wanted to be able to say that an agreement was in place during their face-to-face meeting, you should have had a contract lawyer there, which Manfred was, but a third-party contract lawyer, to draw something up and have both sides agree to it. So that's not how this works, John. Stop holding water for the owners. Thank you. Again, even though we do have this force majeure agreement per what was stipulated in the March 26th agreement, I can't sit here today and tell you that I would see baseball guaranteed to be played starting July 24th. I can't say that I would guarantee that spring training is going to start on July 1st. It's a quick turnaround time, and the virus changes the course of society's actions very quickly. We've seen that before. We're seeing it right now. You are basically going to railroad these players into going back to spring training in just over a week's time, and at that point, you will know whether or not they will be able to get spring training started, which I think they probably will, considering they're doing it in their own home ballparks. You're not going to have actual spring training games. And whether or not the virus is going to allow for these teams to travel from city to city. Now, granted, they're basically going to be doing three 10-team divisions Although you're going to keep American and National League, but in terms of what schedule you're playing, you're only going to play your own division and the opposite division in the other league. Now, a couple of interesting things that have come out of this force majeure season that has been implemented by Rob Manfred. There will be a universal DH for this year. Now, a lot of people were hoping that there was going to be a permanent universal DH implemented in a negotiation that would effectively supersede the current CBA for 2021. But it looks like it's just going to be a universal DH for this year, and they may have the option to implement it for next year. They're doing this because they want to make sure that they minimize injury concerns. And I get it because pitchers can get hurt while hitting, and especially given that you're going to be playing a lot more games against teams from the other league. So from that perspective, I 100% get it. Now, 
Something else that's interesting, and as the former minor league broadcaster here, I find this fascinating. They are going to have a runner start on second in extra innings, and I believe it is the 12th inning. So they're going to have two normal extra innings and then starting with a runner on second in the top of the 12th inning and the home team gets a runner on second in the bottom of the 12th. And having called games in minor league baseball, I can unequivocally tell you that most games pretty much end in that inning. And I think that in the minors, most of the games, because they started with a runner on second in the 10th inning in the minor leagues, and most games do end up finishing in the 10th inning. I don't think in my two years in the Pioneer League where this rule was implemented, at least at the start of 2018, I don't think that we ever had a game go to the 11th inning. I would have to go back and check my scorebooks on that fact. But it remains that they're basically trying to take out traditional extra innings for the 2020 season. And I get that. You're trying to shorten games. You're trying to get people in and out of the ballpark as quickly as possible. If they're traveling, you want to make sure that they are arriving at a reasonable time, be able to check into a hotel, make sure that all the health and safety protocols are followed. And that's where I want to finish up with this episode. You have this 67-page manual that Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich of The Athletic published about three weeks ago. But how are you going to ensure that all of that gets followed? Without any sort of quote-unquote bubble plan, how do you assure that the players are going to follow the rules? Look, I've been around minor league baseball players. They like to go out at night. They like to be able to do their own thing and not feel like they're constrained to any rules. It's going to be difficult to enforce all of these rules, especially over the course of two months and change, even though somebody might say, oh, it's not that long of a time. Well, if you're basically living in hotel rooms for two months, that's going to be kind of a long time. And in home cities, You still have the element of the outside world if you live with your wife and your kids and they're going out to the grocery store or they're going out to a park or something like that. You're still having them bring something home. And if by chance they infect you and you infect the team, you could have a super spreader event and everything's going to end up getting shut down again because there's no vaccine. And you cannot understate the fact that this virus kills people. It has killed over 120,000 people in the United States to this point. And whether or not you think it's the right thing to do, sports is going on. What is going to happen if somebody in Major League Baseball dies from coronavirus? What are you going to do? Could you, in good conscience, Continue the season. There are new stats, at least the stats in Florida, of this COVID-19 spike that say that most of the people that are contracting this are under 45 years of age. That is, i.e., professional baseball players. And for most of them, their wives and their kids. So you cannot guarantee that a player will catch it And automatically recover. Is it more than likely that they will? Yes. But what happens if there's a fatality? 
Do you finish the season? Could you in good conscience finish the season? And I think before players end up saying yes or no to this 60-game season and sign off on the health and safety protocols, can you look in the mirror and say, this is the right thing to do given the circumstances? The players were concerned about compensation given the coronavirus, and we know what Blake Snell said about the complications of what it does to your body and that thread we read from Sean Doolittle about the effects of COVID-19 that aren't highly publicized. It is a risk to be certain, but Major League Baseball players are going to then have to act if there is something serious that happens with COVID-19 and one of their own during this 60-game stretch, do they shut it down? I think Major League Baseball is possibly going to look to the NBA for guidance, who is doing a bubble plan starting in Orlando July 30th. So baseball is actually going to get underway before basketball is. There's still a lot of unknown. What we do know is this. There is a framework in place, and more than likely, a Major League Baseball season is getting started on July 24th. I'm just not so sure that we can say it is 100% going to happen. That's just me. And look skeptically at everything that you see. Don't believe somebody that goes out on a limb, and you know who I'm talking about with, Mr. Bob Nightingale, that there will 100% be anything. Because in the age of coronavirus, nothing is ever a certainty. Thanks for listening to another edition of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. Our temporary studios here in Idaho Falls, Idaho. We will talk to you next from the great city of Helena, Montana. We hope that you enjoyed today's show. And if there are any further developments, we will pass them along to you. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. And as always, we will catch you in the a.m.